You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what's happening? It's your boy Sosa Cremendez, as always, a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Welcome back to the final episode this week. This is your Fan Mail Friday edition of this pod. I appreciate you guys for sticking with me and coming back for another episode. And we got a jam-packed episode today. You guys submitted a bunch of questions. I don't got any time to waste. I'm trying to answer as many as possible. So no more introduction. Let's just dive right into it. And we're going to answer a handful in each segment. A lot of very good ones pertaining to free agency, the Rams players, a lot of that good stuff. So we'll begin with the first one at Quinton12 underscore. He says, now that he's gone, will we ever find out what exactly caused Jared Goff to go from an MVP candidate in 2018 to the liability he's been since then? More importantly, will we ever find out what he was doing on that Quandre Diggs pick in Seattle? Appreciate it, man, and keep up the great work. You know, I think the biggest issue here is that consistency is hard to find. And that 2018 season was clearly an outlier for Jared Goff. You know, he looked great. He performed great. Uh, there was no issues with that season. But you look at, you know, even a guy like Carson Wentz, he has a MVP caliber season in 2017 and hasn't been able to come even close to recreating that season. You look at his past season this last year, and he was absolutely terrible. He was one of the worst quarterbacks in football. And so, you know, Jared Goff, I think, has been fine. But the issue is, is the Rams paid him to be much more than fine. You can't be making, you know, elite or top five money or top eight money and be playing at a top 15, top 20 level and be the clear weak spot on your roster specifically on offense. I mean, this is the most important position on the offense, on the team, in the game. And he can't be your one liability or your biggest liability. And unfortunately for the Rams, that was the case. I don't know why that happened. I don't know why Jared Goff regressed, but he did. And it's now in the past. And there's really nothing we can do about that. And I don't know about that interception. That was hideous. He should have ran the ball, ran it out of bounds, gained four or five yards. And that was that. Uh, but again, in the past, it's all over with now. The next question is from at RamsFan013 said, with the Rams signing a long snapper to a futures contract and the cap issues, is the Jake McQuaid era over? And I don't know if it is, but that is a good note. The Rams did sign a long snapper from the Detroit Lions named Steven Wordle last week to a futures reserve contract. And that could signal the end of the Jake McQuaid era. I hope it doesn't. McQuaid is one of the most underrated pieces of the team. Obviously, you know, nobody's going to cape for a long snapper or uh you know a special teamer but this is a guy who does his job well he does it all the time with consistency he's obviously got a good relationship with johnny hecker the punter and the holder on kicks as well as i'm sure everyone in that special teams room so i hope he finds his way back but i could see the rams ultimately going with the younger guy trying to save a few dollars on the salary cap the next question is from arambula ld said could the rams afford getting jj watt and what about going after jadavian Clowney? I don't think that the Rams can afford J.J. Watt. The issue there is J.J. Watt's salary is big. It's going to be costing at least $17 million. And not only that, but the Rams have to trade for him or whoever acquires Watt is going to have to trade for him. You're not just going to get him. You can't just sign him. And, you know, when you consider how good of a player he is and just how bad Houston is, they're going to want picks. They're going to want high picks. They're obviously in a clear rebuild right now. And they should let go of J.J. Watt because he's not making a difference for them. He's getting, you know, near the end of his career and he's still an impact player. Now, I don't think the Rams can absorb his cap hit. First of all, that is the biggest issue. And then past that, you know, they just don't have the trade comp 
or at least shouldn't use the little trade comp that they do have to go acquire another veteran who's going to put them even more in the hole when it comes to the salary cap. So I don't think that's the case, and I don't think they're going to be players there. As for Jadavian Clowney, I do think he's an option if he wants to take a little bit less money after a down season in Tennessee where he barely played and couldn't do anything there. Uh, he could come to LA, could play next to Aaron Donald, could see what Dante Fowler had before, could see what Leonard Floyd had this season, and it might be smart to take that one year, less money, play next to Aaron Donald, and essentially get a good season going. Obviously, next to the best player in football, you're probably going to be productive. We've seen it with two players that were way less talented than Clowney in this season with Floyd, and obviously, like I just said, Fowler this season before. And then ultimately, you would be setting yourself up for a massive extension down the line. And so, you know, I think that would be the wise play, but it's easy for me to say coming off my couch for, you know, someone who just lost an entire year to take less money. Obviously, that's not what somebody wants to do in the NFL. And I don't blame Clowney for not doing it if he doesn't want to. But I do think he is an option, just an outside chance, depending on how much he values money. And it appears that he does value it a lot after leaving Seattle when they wouldn't reach his demands when it comes to pricing. So, uh, that's not something I would hold my breath on, but it is possible. The next question is from at Aaron McMullen six. He said, can you go into what the cap situation looks like now with the trade? So the Rams currently have negative $31 million before the Matt Stafford addition. Matt Stafford's addition is going to take them down another $8 million. So roughly around negative 39 million. Now, I think this is based on the belief that the cap should have been at the $175 million floor, but we just got news yesterday that it sounds like the cap is going to be closer to $185 million or $190 million for this season. So that will free up around 10 maybe $15 million for the Rams. So it's a fluid situation right now. It's hard to know exactly what the case is going to be with you know the salary cap not even being concrete yet, obviously. So the Rams right now have negative $38 million, but it could be as much as negative $28 million, negative $23 million, somewhere in that range. We're probably going to find out closer to the free agency period when it kicks off. Now, these next two questions are very similar, so I'm going to tie them together. From at Wash underscore Tubby said, assuming we lose John Johnson and Leonard Floyd, who do you see as possible cheap replacements? Obviously, the compensatory picks are always in the mind of less need, so maybe it'll be guys who will be cut. And from at Wags underscore official, my guy Wags, he said, I have similar questions. Read JJ and Floyd. Will they be retained? And if not, who do we replace them with? Would think a safety trio of Rap, Burgess, and Fuller would be solid. Edge help in the form of another one-year wonder. Also, I wonder about tagging John Johnson for a season. Now, I don't think the Rams are going to try to deploy a franchise tag in this season. Obviously, they're cash strapped. Uh, you know, they probably can't afford 14 or $15 million when it comes to a safety with all the guys, like you mentioned, ready to go. And, you know, that probably could spell the end of the John Johnson era in Los Angeles. And, you know, that's very unfortunate because he's a fan favorite, a great player, a great guy. But that's why the Rams prepared for this. They drafted a bunch of guys, Taylor Rapp in the second round, Nick Scott in the seventh round in the 2019 draft, and then Terrell Burgess in the third round, and Jordan Fuller in the sixth round in the last draft in 2020. And, you know, that probably spells the end, but we don't know for sure, obviously. Now, looking at some potential replacements at the edge rusher position, I don't know how much these guys are going to want in terms of money. Like I said, if they want to take a little bit less, come to LA after a potentially down season and play next to Aaron Donald and set themselves up for big paydays in the next free agency period, that would be wise. But guys, I'm looking at Los Angeles Chargers, edge rusher, Melvin Ingram, a veteran, 32 years old, a guy who has so much production under his belt. I think he would just be an absolute home run, but he would be on the higher end, probably somewhere in the 15 to 16, maybe $17 million range. So that could be out of the Rams price range. Another guy I very much like, 26-year-old Yannick Ngakwe from Baltimore. You know, he played for the Jaguars, has a lot of production as well. One of the most fierce pass rushers in the league. 
he is probably looking for a big payday as well. Now, you know, he may be willing to take a one-year deal and try again next year when the salary cap rises to get more money. But again, tough to say. Jadavian Clowney is absolutely another name. Ryan Kerrigan, I think, is a name we have to look out for. He has the connection from Washington with Sean McVay, as well as some other guys. He's 33 years old. He's played a lot of football. He's been very productive. He hasn't won much. He might want to come and ring chase at this point. And, you know, the Rams are going to be in that chase. So he might want to take a little bit less to play in Los Angeles. And the two last names, Tyus Bowser, also from the Baltimore Ravens, a young and up and coming player, 26 years old, not much production, not much playing time. A guy I really liked coming out of the draft four years ago from Houston, very athletic and still a lot of untapped potential in my opinion. And then the last name, Carl Lawson from the Cincinnati Bengals, 26 years old, star in the making. I think he's going to be way out of the Rams price range. So, you know, it's kind of just mentioning him by virtue as opposed to being a realistic option. But if the Rams want to pony up a bunch of money for an edge rusher, that is a guy that they absolutely should look at if they want to go down that road and pair Aaron Donald with a young ascending superstar. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to continue to dive into these questions. And I appreciate you guys for sending them over. And while we've got you, make sure to come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MVP and you can find the page at Locked On Rams. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all new stride smart treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of home. You guys know how I like to get it in. I love the incline on the treadmill and unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone. And one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Go to echelonfit.com slash NFL. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash NFL. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to the second segment of this Fan Mail Friday edition of the Locked on Rams pod. We don't have much time. We got a lot of questions. I'm not going to waste any time. We're getting right back into it with the first question, and that is from at Raging Ram Fan. He said, do the Rams win the divisional round game this year against the Packers if Matt Stafford starts? And I don't think they do. I don't think Jared Goff was a problem in that game. I don't think the offense was the problem in that game. Jared Goff played actually a very solid game. He was clean. No turnovers. That two-minute drive prior to halftime where they netted seven points was very impressive. I thought the offense did great. The issue was the defense couldn't make a stop, obviously. And second of all, the offense couldn't get enough drives going simply because the defense couldn't stop the Green Bay Packers offense and essentially get them off the field and put the Rams offense back on the field to get them enough opportunities. So it was a tough you know, battle between two teams. The defense chose a bad game to put their worst game probably of the season on the field. And, you know, Matt Stafford isn't going to change that. Unfortunately, Aaron Donald wasn't healthy, and that was a huge, huge, huge loss for the Rams. You look at guys like David Edwards being out at left guard, wide receiver Cooper Cup, a lot of injuries. The Rams went hobbled into that one, and it clearly showed specifically on the defensive side of the ball. And unfortunately for the Rams, I don't think Matt Stafford would have changed that. Now, had they been healthy and had Matt Stafford, that's a different story. But again, that is not the case, and that is not part of the hypotheticals because they were injured, and that was the legitimate aspect as to why the defense probably did not play very well the next question is from at chris 3647 do you see any of our players getting tagged and if so could the rams look to tag and trade for draft capital i don't think anybody gets tagged and i certainly don't think anyone's going to get tagged and traded 
That is not a very likely occurrence, and it hardly ever happens, and I don't think the Rams really have anyone that teams would be looking to trade capital for. Why would you trade for a Leonard Floyd when all these pass rushers are about to hit the market? Why would somebody trade for John Johnson when safety is arguably the deepest free agent position this season? These two positions just so happen to be incredibly deep, which is a good thing for the Rams because it could ultimately drive the price down of the guys they want. But at the same time, it means that they're not going to be able to trade anyone. And I don't think that they probably want to trade anyone. And I don't think that's going to happen. And as for the franchise tag i don't think the rams are going to be able to afford it and i don't think they're going to go and use it this off season the next question is from at sun underscore drrf my guy he said mine is simple and it's been bugging me since there were some tweets about it do you think the rams could sign marvin jones considering their cap tightness and would he provide that deep threat that the rams offense is missing at 30 years old and i think the answer is yes to both questions i think the rams could theoretically speaking find a way to fit jones under the cap And I do think that he would be a big piece for the offense. He's a guy that can get deep, probably better than anyone on the Rams can right now. I think he's probably the best contested catch guy of the trio among the Rams receivers. I think he would probably be the best receiver along the sidelines. Now, he's not the best at getting open and things like that, but he does have the chemistry with Matt Stafford. That's one reason he might want to come to Los Angeles. Second, his wife and Matt Stafford's wife, really good friends. Don't ask me how I know that. That's another reason. Third, obviously, they're very good friends as well. And then to top it all off, the fourth reason, Marvin Jones is a California guy. He would technically be going home, and he posted something on Twitter. I believe it was Dan Orlovsky who said the Rams should look into signing Marvin Jones as soon as the Matt Stafford trade happened. And Marvin Jones quote tweeted it, threw up a gif of Tupac, thrown up West Side. I love to see it. And, you know, those are the reasons I think he could come to the Rams. Now, you know, his last deal with the Lions was five years, $40 million, and that averages out to $8 million per year. He probably would have to take a little bit less to come to LA. I think somewhere in the $5 million range. And obviously, he wouldn't be able to play 100% of the snaps with the three guys ahead of him. I think he and Van Jefferson would probably rotate in that wide receiver three role. So he would have to be willing to leave some stuff on the table in terms of money and production. But at the same time, there are many positives too. He gets to come home. He gets to play for a title contender. I'm sure he wants to do that after playing for the Lions for five years and the Cincinnati Bengals prior to that. And, you know, this is a guy who has a lot of talent. He would bring a lot to the table for the Rams. And if they can find a way to make that money stretch and, you know, let him take a little bit less in terms of trying to ring chase and, you know, getting all those extra additives that I just mentioned, I think he would be a home run addition. And that is definitely somebody to look out for in this free agency period. The next question is from at Marty Got Wings. He said, if we were to lose both JJ and Floyd, meaning John Johnson and Leonard Floyd, do you still think the defense can be elite? That is a tough question to answer. Depends on what you define as elite. If we're talking a top five defense, you know, I think they're going to struggle to be a top five defense. They still have a lot of great players, obviously, Jalen Ramsey, Darius Williams, Aaron Donald, you know, budding stars, I think, at the safety position in terms of guys like Terrell Burgess, who I'm very high on, and you know many more guys on the defensive side of the ball. But a top five defense is hard to come by when you factor in the loss of defensive coordinator Brandon Staley. You talk about the potential losses of starters like Leonard Floyd, who was very good for the team. John Johnson, an elite safety this season. Nickel cornerback Troy Hill, a guy who performed very well, no matter how much Rams fans hate him, specifically for that bad game in Green Bay to kind of end it all off. Obviously, it didn't leave a good taste in the mouths of anyone, but I think they could struggle to be a top five defense. Now, I think they will be a top 10 defense. I think they're good enough to do that. 
As for a top five defense, I think it's possible. I just don't know how likely it is. And ultimately, if they can't replace these guys or bring them back, I think they may be just on the outside of the top five looking in. The next question is from at Berenson88. He said, what would be your ideal realistic free agent signings to help send us to the Super Bowl? That is a great question. And it really depends on what the Rams do in terms of restructures and opening up cap and all that stuff. You know, it's going to be hard to project how much money they have. But I think if you can find a safety that replaces John Johnson for a cheaper price, because I don't think you're going to be able to re-sign John Johnson. I'm looking at guys like DeMonte Casey from the Atlanta Falcons. He obviously has the connection with Raheem Morris. He would be a very good option on the back end and a versatile and interchangeable piece at the safety position, as well as the nickel spot. He's played some nickel cornerback. I think that would be very useful. And I think he would come relatively cheap. Another guy I would look at and a guy I would love to add is Melvin Ingram. I mentioned him earlier off the edge. If he wants to take a little bit less money to come rush the passer next to Aaron Donald, I think that would be one of the scariest duos in the league. I think he's significantly better than Leonard Floyd, but it depends on the money. If he wants to come for a little bit less, that would be great. If not, again, that would be tough. And then one more thing, I would love to add a speed receiver, somebody who can take the top off the defense. And as much as I would love guys like Marvin Jones and you know John Ross even, I would go with a value signing probably after signing those two aforementioned names. And that would leave me with Marvin Hall, a guy who I've mentioned many times, a former Detroit Lion, caught a lot of deep passes from Matt Stafford, caught a lot of deep passes in the NFL in his four short years in the league. And he's a guy who wouldn't cost much, yet he would be able to stretch that field exactly how the Rams would need and for a cheap price and obviously as the wide receiver four. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to finish off with the last few questions and make sure to check back in with us on Monday when we continue our off-season coverage of the Los Angeles Rams. Are we ready for the Super Bowl? The Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are set to kick off another exciting Super Bowl on Sunday, headlined by two very potent offenses that should keep this game very interesting, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment of this Fan Mail Friday edition of the Locked On Pod. I mentioned many times before, so many questions, it's hard to even catch a breath right now, and that's why we're going to dive right back into it. No time to waste, as always. This episode is go, 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 and I kind of like it, to be honest. This is my pace, and this is how we're going to do it, and that brings us to the first question, which is from at the Mike K. He says, do you see Ashawn Robinson fitting into our defense and playing out his two-year contract? I really didn't see much out of him in his limited games last year, and wonder if he's a candidate to be a cap saving cut this or next off season. And that is a good question because that is a name that I've looked at myself. Now, the issue for the Rams is they can't really cut him or they can, but it wouldn't really bring much to the table. If they just cut Ashawn Robinson outright right now, they would eat four and a half million dollars in dead money and would only save $750,000, which is obviously not much at all. And at that price, you would probably rather just have him in your rotation. Now, they could designate him as a post-June 1 cut, which means they would take half the dead cap this season, 
half the dead cap next season. And ultimately, that would leave them with only $1.5 million in dead money right now, but it would free up $3.75 million. So I could see that being an option. You know, the Rams are very deep at the defensive tackle position. They got guys like Sebastian Joseph Day, who did a great job developing last season. And to be honest, I think he might be better than Ashawn Robinson is right now. You've seen guys like Greg Gaines develop. Morgan Fox, another name who isn't exactly a nose tackle, but another good pass rusher from that D tackle spot. And he's obviously a free agent too, but they could elect to bring him back for a relatively low cost. So, you know, I think Robinson would be expendable. You still got guys like Michael Brockers there. And that is one name for sure to look out for, but there isn't a ton of savings, unfortunately. The next question is from at DeepRez6. He said, who would be your dream scenario pick in the second round for the Rams this year? And there are a handful of names. Now, I still have to study the class. There's still a lot of work to be done on my end. But a few of the names that I really like, two centers, one from Oklahoma, Creed Humphrey, I think would be tremendous. And another from Alabama, Landon Dickerson. I think Dickerson is probably a little bit better than Humphrey. But the issue with Dickerson is that he's coming off a torn ACL this past season with the Crimson Tide. So, you know, he might not necessarily be ready for week one. And if he is, he might not be 100% in terms of recovery. Humphrey, on the other hand, was at the Senior Bowl, just like Dickerson was, but Humphrey was obviously playing, and he looked tremendous, so that is a guy that I'm very, very intrigued by, and both of those guys are names that I like specifically because the Rams starting center right now, Austin Blythe is slated to hit the free agent market, so they could have a hole in the middle of the offensive line. Another name that I really like is linebacker Jabril Cox out of LSU. I thought he dominated the Senior Bowl. He was by far the best linebacker there. It wasn't even close. His ability to cover was very impressive. I thought he was very active, very oily hips. He wasn't stiff. Uh, This was a guy who can flip his hips and run a lot of range. And I think he could play against a run too. I think this is a guy who could be plugged into the defense at middle linebacker in day one and really just be built around for the next decade and not really have to worry about that spot. And I'm sure Rams fans enjoy hearing that after watching a lot of football from guys like Troy Reader, Kenny Young, and Micah Kaiser. At Gbriel GTZ asked, what type of receiver do you think the Rams should go after via free agency or draft? Do you want the big body type of player like Kenny Galladay or Terrace Marshall or a speedy home run hitter type of guy, Marvin Hall, as you suggested, or a Rondale Moore? And while I do think a contested catch, bigger type of receiver would be good for really any team, you know, a guy like Marvin Jones, I think would be very good in that role, specifically for a cost controlled type of contract, not to mention all the chemistry he has with Stafford and things of that nature. And I do think that Stafford is a guy that's going to give his receivers chances to go win footballs. That was one thing that Jared Goff just never, ever, ever did. And you've seen it when John Wolford came in, he even threw a dime in the back right pylon to Robert Woods to go get a contested catch. Jared Goff was not pulling that trigger unless somebody was open. That's just how he is as a player. Matt Stafford is not like that. He's going to throw the ball up. He's going to let his guys go get it, climb the ladder, as they say, guys like Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, TJ Hawkinson, all guys that can win contested catches. Now, I don't think the Rams necessarily need a guy like that. I would look for a speedy home run hitter, like you said, a guy who can take the top off the defense. I think that guy has a bigger role in the offense. I think he would play a more important role. And ultimately, I do think that that would be more valuable for the Rams. I think that at the end of the day, they do have guys that can go win jump balls. They just haven't really been given chances. Robert Woods is a guy who can do it in a flash. Cooper Cup, same thing. Van Jefferson is a name that I don't think is surprising when it comes to potentially taking that next step as the guy in that role, someone that can go climb the ladder, so to speak, bring those contested catches in, maybe run some goal line fades, things of that nature. Tyler Higby, you know, these are all names I think that 
could fit that gap, fit that role. And I don't really think that the Rams have that established deep threat right now on the roster. And that is why I would target that kind of a receiver. Like you mentioned, a Marvin Hall, or even someone that I mentioned in the last segment, a guy like John Ross, if you want to spend up a little bit for $5 million, a guy who was a former top 10 draft pick, another guy who's from California, Los Angeles, coming home. Why not, right? He's played in the similar offense for Cincinnati. The head coach there, Zach Taylor, a former offensive coordinator for Sean McVay. So not that much of an adjustment, I don't think, except he would actually get used and properly. And, you know, he could return kicks, return punts. He could run deep. He could be a gadget style receiver. I think that would be a home run addition for the Rams. On to our last question from at Paul Cat 1969. Which current Ram would you say is the most likely to be traded to free up some cap space and acquire another pick? Could you see Rob Havenstein on the move and what would the return be? Now, I don't think the Rams are really in the mood or in the right place to be trading players away. It feels like they want to try and bring in as much as possible in terms of roster depth, starters, guys of that nature. Uh, They look like they have a Super Bowl window right now. They are acting like they are trying to compete for a Super Bowl right now. So I don't really expect them to be trading anyone now. You know, it wouldn't exactly shock me if they did trade someone. I think Rob Havenstein is a very good name that you highlighted there in terms of what they would bring back. I'm not sure. Maybe a third round pick at best. Now, one positive out of trading Havenstein would be that the Rams would save $5.1 million, but they would eat a dead cap hit of $3.1 million, and they don't really have anyone to step in that role. So I definitely would not be looking to trade Rob Havenstein. And that doesn't really leave many options on the roster. I think Michael Brockers could be a name to look out for though he would probably fetch a very late pick, maybe a sixth or a seventh. Ashawn Robinson, another name if somebody wants a run stuffer, but that would leave a lot of dead money for the Rams, four and a half million and only 750,000 in savings. So maybe not even worth trading. The one contract that I think the Rams could ultimately look to move, and I don't think it's going to happen. So don't quote me on this, but they definitely designed this contract this way in specific because it probably means they're going to move on prior to it ending. And unfortunately, it's going to be wide receiver Robert Woods. The Rams only have to eat $1.9 million in dead money, but would save 11.9 in the event of a trade. So that is something to look out for. I don't think they're going to trade Robert Woods. I think, like I said, they're going to load up, try and make that Super Bowl run, something similar to a offseason like in 2018 when they try to add as much talent as they possibly could. I think that's going to be the case here. Now, you know, that is an underlying small potential option to look out for in terms of Robert Woods. But again, I don't expect the Rams to trade anyone. They don't really have many options on the roster in terms of saving money or guys that they don't need or guys that are expendable. And so I think the Rams are going to kind of stay put here, add some free agents, some value guys, you know, and let their younger players step up in the event that they do lose some veterans to free agency in this period. That is all we got for you guys on this Fan Mail Friday. I appreciate you guys for tuning in and sending in questions, man. There were plenty, a lot of good ones as well. And make sure to keep sticking with us on Monday. We're going to continue our off-season coverage of the Los Angeles Rams. And just a reminder, come connect with us on Twitter. You can find me at QB's MVP, and you can find the page at Locked On Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more. 